ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. We're going way back in the time machine to 1989. Great American Bash. Um, man, lot lot to cover on this one. Looking forward to it. But first, mm-hmm. Jeff, how the hell are you? And I think you have a little bit of an announcement about a new sponsor to The Payoff. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's, uh, you know, post uh, or post Money in the Bank, post Forbidden Door. Like it's kind of a slow time right now in wrestling. Not a not, a lot, not a lot happening, you know, celebrated the fourth and just kind of hanging out. And so, yeah, just exciting stuff, though, for The Payoff, of course. I get, you got to figure one sign of just how well we're doing and, you know, the content we bring to you and continue to bring to you and how much we enjoy it. Like we have a new sponsor. And so... I uh, want to point out, of course, as always, Manscaped not going anywhere. It's still 20% off free shipping using the promo code PAYOFF. That True Classic Tease as well, too, 25% off there. That's PAYOFF25. And then the new code, new sponsor for all of this, we're talking about Caldera and Lab. What they put out there, it's again men's products. Like, you know, when uh, we started this podcast, and I think that we would be, you know, uh, giving out and kind of sponsoring all these men's products. No, absolutely not. But hey, that that's just one of the nice side effects of this. So they got all kinds of really great Jeff, stuff. Jeff started. Jeff Jeff got involved in this podcast because he wanted to meet women. Yeah, that's what I thought. I yeah, all kinds of like that kind of worked out for me. But you know, hey, like and now, a fra- and a fraction of one percent of our listeners are women, so it didn't work out for him. That's okay, but like you know what, we we we're, we're trying to help the other guys out there as well too. And so, uh, but Caldera and Lab, all kinds of really cool products. Like I know, like you know, men's care, skincare, all that kinds of stuff. And so we've got we're taking care of your balls, we're taking care of what you're wearing, but then also we got to take care of this other stuff as well too. So whether it's just their their soap that you're looking for and i know it feels it almost feels kind of weird like some of the stuff they have like eye cream and like for dudes it's like what the hell like i'm not going to use that i guess one good sign that you know it is really good stuff is when i first opened the box that i got and i was kind of looking through it all like i had to literally stop my wife from stealing it on night one and so that kind of tells you like and she's like she's like this is better stuff than i have and so i now have it hidden like from her which is a good sign so if the ladies are looking to steal what you have there's a lot of our stuff that they would never steal this is one where they would absolutely they would take it and so there's eye cream there's body cleanser there's all kinds of weird stuff and you're like dude you get like why are you guys selling this stuff we would not put our name behind anything that we didn't like that we didn't think was great and so this is one of those products where we think it's great so and their store when it you know you might log in you see that 10 percent, 15 percent off pop-up that comes out don't use that what you're using is our payoff code payoff 20% off just like everybody else. And so, you know, we got codes. So whether it's payoff, payoff 25, we have it on our website, all of our social media. If you forget what those codes are, you can look at our link tree and all of our social media and click that. And it shows you what you're getting off, what the code is. 
And so for this one, it's Caldera and it's calderalab.com, C-A-L-D-E-R-A-L-A-B.com. And use our code PAYOFF in your shopping cart when you're going to check out. It's 20% off. Like it's absolutely worth it. Some other stuff, like again, uh, we've said this with Manscaped. You want to dip your toe in, they've got some stuff that's on the, the more inexpensive side. Pick some of that up to see what's, you know, use it. Absolutely. Like you and I were just talking off air before this. Like we're not getting any younger. And so let's start taking care of ourselves. And so we're all about that around here. So let's watch some wrestling, take care of ourselves. You know, hey, th- th- that's what we like to hear. So calderalab.com, payoff, true classic tees payoff 25 and of course our og sponsor with all the great stuff manscape 20 percent off and free shipping code payoff yeah i'm gonna I'll, I'll talk more in in future weeks about men's face care and you know we just started using gotta, it yeah you gotta do it you gotta you gotta do it so yeah we'll, we'll talk more about it in future weeks um but good really good stuff and i'll get more into it but all right let's get down to business jeff you ready Absolutely. Let's do this, man. Time for the build. Oh, it's time for the build. All right. So July 23rd, 1989, we're in Baltimore, Baltimore Arena. Got 14,000 in the crowd. Uh, Let me run through this show for you here. Um, Skyscrapers won a King of the Hill double ring battle royal. Okay. Okay. Big skyscraper fan around here. Yeah. Brian Pillman is going to defeat Bill Irwin in a singles match. Those skyscrapers are then in a tag team match against the dynamic dudes. So the skyscrapers are Sid Vicious and Dan Spivey, and they're going to defeat the dynamic dudes of Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace. Jim Cornette is going to defeat Paulie Dangerously in a tuxedo match. Sure. Again, we've talked about it before, but like the the run and influence of Paul Heyman in wrestling. I mean, I don't think people understand just I mean, again, promoter, manager, advocate, like the, the amount of things yep. that he's done behind the scenes in front of the camera and still going. God knows when it's gonna end either. I mean, would it surprise you if he was still doing this in five or ten years at a very high level? Probably right. right? Steiner brothers are going to defeat the varsity club in a four minute Texas tornado match, man, just a lot happening on this show. Sting, Mm. uh, ends in a double pin against the great Muda in an eight minute match for the, uh, NWA world television title. Then we get the match that we're going to cover Then in your semi, I mean, this show, Jesus, then in the semi-main event after the match we're going to cover, we get the Road Warriors, Midnight Express, and Steve Williams uh, defeating the Fabulous Freebirds and the Samoan SWAT team. <laughs> it's weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a wild, just a wild show. And then we still have our main event, which is Ric Flair defeating Terry Funk to retain the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Um Man, just a just a crazy show, and actually, Jeff, um, kind of a a well regarded show, if you will. Um, you know, just yep. I'm looking here. You know, our final three matches, really. You know, four and a quarter stars, four stars, um, four and a half stars, uh, a couple three star matches prior. So, a, a very well received show. But storyline standpoint, how did we get to uh, the match that we're going to cover today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so this is one where 
like you said, not the main event, but these guys kind of, it's I like to say, in each other's universes uh, like leading up to this one. So we're going back while, while this show taking place uh, late July 1989. We're going back to May 1989. You actually had, it was Wrestle War, where Steamboat lost the NWA World Heavyweight Championship to Ric Flair. And so that's where you get that kind of main event with them. Luger actually lost the NWA United States Heavyweight Championship to Michael Hayes. So neither guys had the belt at that time or coming out of that Russell War show. Um, you then had a couple weeks later, Luger actually regaining the title at Hayes. It was just a live event. Wasn't anything crazy, but um, getting winning the title at that one. Tight build on this one. So June 10th, we're looking at WCW, uh, just the TV show. Um, Luger actually said that... Um, he should have he should be the one to get the world heavyweight championship shot over Ricky Steamboat or Terry Funk. And so the people were, you know, they weren't as high on him that, you know, he should have been the one that was getting booked to win this. And so um Luger then getting involved just four days later was Clash of Champions seven. You had Funk, Terry Funk getting disqualified during his match with Ricky Steamboat. Um, and then Luger actually like made the save and like got funk out of the ring or to like save steamboat, but then attacked steamboat himself turning heel in the process. And so the heel build was kind of coming a little bit here after he lost the belt and obviously cutting the heel promo, but you know, we wouldn't have called it that at the time, but that's kind of what it was. And so um, doing that and then getting into the, like, you know, that. And so now you've got Steamboat and Luger obviously being just kind of natural enemies at this point because of what he did. And so that, that, and then he cut again another promo about 10 days later, we're June 24th at this point, saying that the only reason he did it was because he wanted to prove that he's better than Steamboat. He should get an opportunity for the, uh, for the title at this point. And so, um, and so this match, while it's not for, like I said, the, the World Heavyweight title, we're not there quite yet. But this match, it was announced that it would be, of course, Luger defending that U.S. title that he had won back from Michael Hayes against Steamboat at this show. Now, there was a weird, they might, t you know, as we put the audio on or as you're kind of reading this, there was a weird, Steamboat actually wanted this match to be no DQ um but just like literally as luger was walking out said that he was not going to have a no dq match for like, because he's the champion he can do what he wants it's on his, his terms and so he does not have to have a no dq match if he don't want to and so uh like i you know i wish you know just seeing it so it actually was literally you know the jr and these guys are talking about like the 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 booker being out at the ring it's weird to hear them talking about that openly but the booker being at the ring and decide so there's a little bit we'll catch a little bit of the tail end of the announcement potentially here or they hear it where they announce that it is not a no dq match and just standard rules on this one so for the US championship so tight little build here like i said it's really two months of these guys but it makes a ton of sense like you know you want you got the guy that is considered lesser that wants to to come up you know and be at you know the the top of the card and you know what more do you really need than that tom yeah this is i'm looking forward to this one man i and i feel like just in general there's a lot of stuff like this in this wcw era that just you know, again, it wasn't, you know, on the big WrestleMania stage or the, 
you know, Saturday uh, night's main event. Like, I think a lot of this uh, WCW stuff kind of flies under the radar a bit in this era. And, I mean, these are really good workers and, you know, the storylines were good. They were doing a lot of good stuff. And, you know, you hear Flair and Dusty and, you know, even Cody now. I mean, you know, you hear people talking about, like, this era. And, I, I mean, I know you didn't watch it as a kid. I didn't watch it as a kid. So, kind of watching a lot of this for the first time, which which is yeah, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So we are at the one hour and 22 minute mark of Great American Bash 1998 season three on Peacock. Uh, Great American Bash 1989, one hour and 22 minutes. Jeff, are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. All right. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. Event here at the Great American Bash glory days. Luger looks fantastic. Well, you can't take away Luger's physical abilities. Yeah. It's too bad that his, he's had such a change you know, in philosophy. It, it, he refuses to just, sign an autograph. You know, this is a great example of how, you know, to be like an all-time great, it's it's got to be the look, and it's got to be the in-ring, mm-hmm. and it's got to be um, – you know, the the ability to be really, really good in promos and with your character um, and, and just having the passion to be, you know, great at it. And it's it's I think Luger had some of that stuff checked off, but he didn't have it all. I mean, neither did Steamboat. Again, I mean, these are these are two Hall of Famers. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, OK, you know, neither was a megastar. Why? Well, in Luger's case, like, yeah, the promo character showmanship of wrestling he he just never really had i mean trust Mm -hmm. me they tried with him you know look at what vince tried in 94 he threw literally everything at the kitchen sink to try to make luger a star but he didn't really enjoy that you know i mean hulk hogan yeah did the hundreds of make a wishes and he went on the tonight show and you know i mean he embraced being a star and i don't think Mm -hmm. luger was ever comfortable and successful in that spot you know, with a steamboat, mm-hmm. God, I mean, one of the best in-ring workers ever looks like a million bucks. But again, did he have the character and the promo skills to where, hey, he could talk people into buildings? No. And, you know, so it's it's like you, you, these guys are both, again, legends, Hall of Famers, but neither one was kind of an all-timer because I, I think in a lot of ways they were missing the same thing, which was okay, if you give either of them a mic for five minutes, can they tell a really, really good story that's going to make you order the pay-per-view or go to the event? What do you think? Am I being too critical? No, I don't think so. It's actually, like, I'm looking back now, actually, because there's a website that has all the old covers of PWI. In February 1989, Luger was on the cover. And then this month, July, Steamboat was on the cover. Other than that, it's like... It's usually Hogan, Macho, Hogan, Macho, Miss Elizabeth. Like, and so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. this is a, it's just an interesting era. I'm with you. We said it just before we started here. Like this really, yeah, you and I enjoy the, like, you know, the nineties of wrestling and stuff like this, but this, this really like late eighties era, it's really interesting. To, like I, I'm trying to have us cover more of this because no, like the storylines aren't as like in depth necessarily, but 
like, you know, the title reigns were very long. You had guys that were always at the top of the card, like whether they were getting over or not, like Luger was always up there. Like Steamboat was always up there as well, too. And so, yeah, I think it's just a, it's just an interesting time like you know i how wrestling ran was just different you know how it was being booked how it was being promoted like you know like you said like what people were looking for like you know they, they weren't look you know there wasn't luchador there wasn't a thing you had these guys that look like luger and that's how you got over is these larger than life characters of being in the ring and doing what they're doing yeah <laughs> hmm So these guys are just quick start, a little bit of outside action here. Luger is working Steamboat pretty good. And the two, this two ring setup is just really hard to watch. Just kind of annoying. Maybe it's the way they're doing it too. We've got the two uh, cameramen on the ring apron in between the two rings, which, you know, again, it's funny. You know, you, you, you knock the polished wwe way of filming and i agree that at times it's it's too polished right but the flip side is they rarely 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 ever make a production snafu right yeah oh there's a weird cameraman on there or there's photographers at ringside that are distracting um you know it's actually well, I mean, the opposite i mean and i feel like i feel like they're they're really hitting their stride i mean just some of the visuals like the you know the set in puerto rico is different obviously they they kill it with the wrestlemania sets and you know now with the rumble in um you know baseball mm -hmm. stadiums or wherever they're putting those you know so it's like they're because it got really stale for a while right and i think yeah. it's dealing with this now where you know, and I don't know why they don't do more unique stuff. I mean, again, I'm sure it's a cost thing and, you know, just a, a resource thing, but I, I don't know. I mean, I tune in for three hours and I like seeing, I mean, we use the WCW examples of like those old bash at the beaches. Like that stuff's really fun as a fan. The in your houses is tacky and stupid as that was. It was cool, and they still bring it back occasionally, right? Like, mm -hmm. so I, I, and we pop for it, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just a fan of like anything that you can do that's different. The old Madison Square Garden set where they came out of the center as opposed to like a side of the arena. I just that stuff's really, really fun for fans, and it's just something different. I mean, you know, we're watching three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, you know four hours of, of five hours of various AEW shows, like anything you can do to just mix it up a little bit is good. And I, and I think sometimes the writers and powers that be um, inside of, you know, the, the wrestling companies, it, sometimes it's just tough for them to put themselves in the shoes of the fans mm -hmm. and, you know, any variety, any uniqueness in, in my mind is really well received. It's interesting because, like, it, so this was Steve doing a great job of selling on this one, too. Like, Luger had a couple clotheslines, and then, like, Steve got up, kind of shadow punching, and then fell over backwards. Like, really good selling on his part. Yeah. It, it really, you notice it more now in this area, how much it's like production takes you out of the action on TV. Like, that you could see cameramen all the time. You can see like, you know, like just the little discrepancies that you don't necessarily want to see. And it's, 
it's interesting because like WWE, if you see a cameraman, it cuts immediately. Like this guy's wearing jean shorts in the corner of the ring, like, you know, filming them. Like I specifically, you know, like when AEW or sorry, WWE does or anybody does war games, like they're in all black. They try and hide them. Like they do everything they can. Like those cameramen have been doing that for 10 20 years like they've got you know they've been in the business longer than some of these wrestlers and so they know their positions they know what they're supposed to be doing and so yeah it does it doesn't take away from the match for me on this one but like at the same time like it it's it is very jarring now it does have to be harder because they do have like the war games matches next uh oh good steamboat nice little move there diving or uh, do- dodging a clothesline and luger dumping to the outside I do appreciate they got li- they got that little tiny shaky guardrail that's not really protecting anything right now. It's like the two bars, like roller coaster line, like you know, it looks like the fans aren't even sitting behind a guardrail. That's how impressive it is. So, um, and they're about five feet back from it too. There's a whole big giant gap there, which I find kind of funny too. But it's got to be t- like just shooting with the war games. Like you know, you want that to kind of be the the focal point. So like they're shooting this at weird. It just looks weird because of where they've got. Cam- cameras and stuff like that and so uh and maybe we don't wear light blue jean shorts when you're the camera guy so uh luger kind of tied up in the ropes now on the outer kind of hung up on the ropes yep and steamboat man just crazy strength here oh nice both. little match here so, little so match, strong yeah. so fast i mean these guys are both just world class yeah it really yeah steamboat just yep kind of Doing a, a little bit of high move here or high risk moves, yeah, off the top ropes and kind of moving Luger's really well. Now Luger up on the top rope now. Slamming him off the top rope. The U.S. champion may get slammed into a little humbleness. <laughs> All right, let's see. Big chop. Yep, good stuff. Yeah, I will definitely be making sure that we get a few more matches from this era because, like I said, it's just it is very interesting to see. It was just a different time, but uh, you know, it is still very good. Yeah. Steamboat. And now Steamboat wanting revenge on the top. Oh, big top. This could be over. We can have a new champion right here. One, two, Luger finally. Oh, he kicked out. My fan fans are into it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, crowd definitely uh, cheering a little bit. Where do we say we were? Is this a good city for this? Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I think that I think they did this annually in Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, oh boy. Oh, that was almost dangerous. Dumps him into the other ring. Almost on his head. Yeah. I know it's early, but I did see a rumor. I'm I'm just I'm bringing this up because of War Games, but I heard that uh, the goal for Survivor Series this year is. Faction warfare. Oh, hey, I'm all right with that. Like we've said it for a long time. We need like it needs to be changed up a little bit. There needs to be some stakes to it. it like brand supremacy is not anything that anybody cares about. Um, you got Luger trying to bring a chair into the ring now. Yep. And the referee referee has been very involved in this one trying to stop him now. Again, Luger's the heel in this one. And so. Faking like he's going to hit. Yep. Oh. Oh, that was interesting. 
a, a, a slingshot into the corner with Luger holding the chair. Don't know why he didn't hit Steamboat with it, but yeah. Well, he's going to hit the crowd there. He's got to be real careful. Steamboat's swinging the chair wild. All right, so the fans happy. I mean, obviously, you know, yeah, like, they, uh, DQ finishes here on the payoff, but uh, the fans are happy. So what the work. hell? Yeah. All right, let's get into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. What'd you think? That was uh, that was a very good match up until yeah. the very end there with the chair. I, I actually think, like I said, it in the context of what happened, it actually makes sense. Like, um, Steamboat yeah, getting up. main event. You're not ending no, this. Show, no, no. Yeah. But Steamboat, like I said, up until about 10 minutes or like two minutes, not even before this match started, like it was an ODQ match. And so Steamboat getting so upset to the point and worked to the point where he hit him with the chair, it makes sense. So, yeah, it just really interesting here how this played out. So, the aftermath on this one, though, it's interesting. There really wasn't. It's unfortunate because there really wasn't much of it, there wasn't a payoff to this one. And so um, it was actually really Steamboat's kind of last major match uh, in WCW who would end up leaving as a contract dispute, as always. Um, you know, he did some time in North American Wrestling Association, New Japan. He redebuted in WD or WWE. And so this man, you know, the Luger stuff just never really kind of paid off or anything like that. Um, you know, his long undefeated run as well too. Um, you know, so just unfortunate that we didn't get another match between these guys at this kind of point, because it would have been really interesting to see, um, Luger though, on the flip side, he actually, it was Halloween havoc, um, Luger beating Flying Brian Pillman on that one a couple times, actually. Uh, Clash of Champions 9 as well, too, to retain the title or retain the title both times and beating Pillman on that. Um, then getting involved, too, uh, with a Flair and Sting is great Muta as well, too, which we know led to that Iron Man tournament, which we've talked about before. And so, um, yeah, interesting, but just it wish there was a little bit more to this one. Now, PWI at the time wasn't really doing major rankings, but uh, there was a torch write-up on this one. Um, uh, Steamboat Bash Luger with a chair getting disqualified in his effort to pry the U.S. title from Luger. The match was beautiful, as expected. Uh, both men excelled uh, 
excelled. Uh, yeah, hang on. Ricky, why bring the family back when you finally got rid of the stigma of an image of that image and to bring a dragon? What's the point? Luger's posing at the beginning was reminiscent of Hogan at WrestleMania four. Uh, hey, this match was still tremendous. Grade A. So <clears throat> we got an A grade on this one, Tom. What are you thinking? And this well, in Meltzer gave this one. What did we say here? This was a four and a quarter star match out of him too. So what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I man, I I didn't see it. Um, again, it was a good match, and I mean, they were kind of hot the whole time. But oh, I don't know. Yeah, the thing is, that actually was a really hot match when you compare it to what WWF was doing in 1989. So. Yep. I think that's part of it is like at the time, yeah, that was really good in-ring action and better in-ring action than virtually anything that the WWF was doing. You know, you're talking like WrestleMania five era. So I, yeah, I just didn't see it, man. I'll give this a six because the match was fine. Um, not a great finish and, you know, just, yeah, I, I don't know. Didn't really do much for me. What about you? Yeah, I'm at I'm at a six and a half, <clears throat> just because I feel like it was a there was a it was a high intensity match, so I'll give them that. But I think standing up to the test of time, I think both these guys have much better matches out there that we've watched some of them on the show. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that while it you know the, like you said, the DQ is finished was kind of funky, and then also we know like it's almost unfortunate that nothing came of this. Like this was you know really the kind of like the end of two like they're really good feud that they could have had and so you know you could have probably ran with this for a couple months if you wanted to so um but that's just you know the way wrestling goes sometimes people come and go so um but yeah overall still pretty good well good that was a fun episode um yeah this probably won't surprise you but i am very very excited for next week's episode yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one this one my, I've had on the calendar. Yeah, for a one of kind of my my favorite matches ever. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yep. So we got uh, we're going. What do we got here? 1995 in your house. Just like we were talking about earlier, we got to cover some in your house. So sounds good to me, man. Cool. Well, this was a fun episode. Appreciate everyone listening, and we'll see you next week on an all new episode of the Payoff.